Hey, why doesn't my company give me a $100,000 Christmas bonus? Well, we'll talk about that and more. Stay tuned. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Our partner sponsor today is Harry's Razors, harrys.com. I'll tell you a little bit more about an offer here in just a minute. You know, this is where every week we go through your questions, real-life questions about the things we encounter primarily in the workplace. Sometimes they spill over into the rest of our life as our work is certainly tied to the rest of our life. We take real-life questions here. Got some interesting ones today. We're going to talk about as a theme today, need an education? Try this. Now, there really is a piece in the news right now about why doesn't my company give me a $100,000 Christmas bonus? I want to share that with you. Is a college degree still necessary? Somebody asked. Somebody says, I doubled my income last year. Should I set my goal lower this year? And somebody says, my back hurts, my mind is numb, and I'm completely discouraged in life. I don't have motivation to work anymore. Now, our quotation for today comes from Mark Twain, who said, I've never let my schooling interfere with my education. A whole lot of things are changing in this education space. You know, and this is a great time to be kind of looking at it right here at the end of the year. A lot of things are changing. A lot of you are deciding about what you want to do this next year. Is educating going to be one of the things that you do? Meaning, are you going to go to school? You know, unfortunately, I think it's unfortunate. A lot of times when people are stuck, they're not finding a job, not sure what they want to do. They go to school. It's a very socially acceptable place to hang out and to avoid the realities of the real world. And I'm not sure that it's the best place to go in that kind of a situation. It's a very expensive place just to hang out, typically. Well, we're going to talk about some ways to make it not as expensive and questions about whether or not that's even a reasonable direction for you to go. Well, Harry's.com, you hear me talk about it? Uh, they sent me the brand new one. Kelly, the brand new one I got has, has like a gold handle. You can go to harrys.com and find it. But I mean, it's really stellar. And again, very inexpensive. I've gotten a bunch of them as gifts for guys. Um, get a lot of joking about it because uh, guys know that I use Harry's and have, have a whole lot of our listeners that are using them as well, enjoying them. You can go to harrys.com and use 48 days as the code to get $5 off your first purchase. Encourage you to do that. Harry's.com, 48 days is the code. Now, back in 1938, got just some news items I want to share with you here today. In 1938, the minimum wage was enacted, guaranteeing workers 25 cents an hour. In 2002, now think about how recent that was, the minimum wage was 5.15 an hour. Now, today it's 7.25 an hour, and there's some states that are trying to raise it to $15 an hour. But does it really matter for those of us who are creating our own opportunities? I mean, guaranteed wages, guaranteed minimum wage has very little to do with our chances for success. I mean, those of us who are 
creating new opportunities. You know, we don't look for guarantees. We look for ways to make unique contribution and money will track you down. That's the deal. Okay, just some quick tips here. Only one in seven college graduates read a book a year. Only one in seven college graduates. Now think about that. If you read one book a year, you're in the top 3%. What do you think happens if you read or listen to one book a month? I mean, your success is going to bypass all your family members, those old friends you used to have. Just something that simple. Again, I hope you have that on your goals for 2016 to read at least one book a month. And if you spend 10 minutes a day, you ought to be able to read a standard 240 page book a month. And in doing so, you can separate yourself from the pack. Believe me, 12 good books, good nonfiction books in 2016 could transform your success. And incidentally, anytime you want to check out what I'm recommending, you can go to just go to 48days.com slash reading and you can get the list of books that I recommend at any given time. Okay, now, now there is a Houston Energy Company, Hillcore Energy, privately held oil and natural gas exploration production company based in Houston. They just gave all 1,381 of their employees a bona fide Christmas gift of $100,000, $100,000 bonus. They gave each of their staffers, each of their employees. Now that's pretty stinking cool, obviously. And employees are using the bonus to retire early, remodel their homes, take vacations, pay for college tuitions, or simply saving it for a rainy day. And the, the founder and chairman, CEO Jeffrey Hillbrand, has an estimated net worth of $5.9 billion. But uh, that's a, that's a chunk of change. I mean, giving that much money to that many people is $138 million that they gave in bonuses. Yeah, pretty cool. I love hearing the stories about what creative things companies are doing to reward their employees, their team members this time of year. Now, on another news item, I saw this from Guy Kawasaki, but I went and researched to find out that it was really true. Ernst & Young, of course, the big accounting firm, and we would expect them to be a very a very conservative, you know, kind of company, they have stopped requiring college degrees for their applications. Now, here's the deal. They stopped requiring degrees, but instead will offer online testing and search out talented individuals, regardless of background. They say there's no correlation between success at a university and success in careers. They're a managing partner Maggie Stilwell says academic qualifications will still be taken into account and indeed remain an independent or an important consideration when assessing candidates as a whole, but will no longer act as a barrier to getting a foot in the door. Our own internal research of over 400 graduates found that screening students based on academic performance alone was too blunt an approach to recruitment. It found no evidence to conclude that previous success in higher education correlated with future success in subsequent professional qualifications undertaken. Boy, that's pretty amazing. Now, there's a whole lot of companies that have made that move but haven't been as public about it as Ernst & Young. You know, I have people all the time ask me, well, gee, I want to apply for this job, but they say college degree required. I don't have one. I tell them, apply anyway. I mean, all that is 
is just a screening tool. So instead of having to go through 800 resumes and then keep them on file as they're required to do, you know, they have to go through 300. But that's usually what it is. I mean, companies are smart enough at this point to realize they can have a really qualified candidate who got a very valuable and valid education without ever having gotten a college degree. And you've heard me talk a lot about that. Of course, the chapter three of the new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love is titled, Yes, I Do Have an Education. And I approach that directly where there's a whole lot of ways to get an education that may not involve sitting in a classroom. Now, a couple other things on this. There's a whole lot of universities and colleges that are waiving tuition on credit earning courses for people who are 60 and older. Now, just one of those bonus bonuses for being a little older. But if you're interested in that, you can find a whole lot of free courses offered by hundreds of schools. I'll give you a couple of websites here. One is Coursera. It's C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A dot org. One is Udacity. Now, not Udemy or Audacity, but Udacity, U-D-A-C-I-T-Y dot com or edx.org. Those are all sites that I found that, that are offering free courses to people over 60. And believe me, there's a whole lot of people looking at career changes who are not over 60. When we think about the age that most people live to, I mean, you could redirect, get some training for a particular career path at 60 and spend 20 years doing something that's very fulfilling, productive, and profitable. Now, there was a long piece out there Written by Mike Rowe, you know, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. And he had on his Facebook page, he responded to a Bernie Sanders tweet. You know, these politicians are saying things that they shouldn't say. And he he said, Bernie Sanders tweeted, at the end of the day, providing a path to go to college is a hell of a lot cheaper than putting people on a path to jail. Now, what Mike did was rip that apart. And I certainly agree in that he counterposes if somebody doesn't go to college, the likely path they're going to take is to end up in jail. I mean, how preposterous is that? I mean, I don't want to go into the political ramifications of that, but, but just simply it's, it's, it's really an absurd kind of statement to imply that somebody who's not going to go to college is going to end up in jail. There, we have certainly have enough people out there like Richard Branson and Bill Gates and Michael Dell and on and on and on who did not complete college and have done pretty well at making their mark in, in being successful and making the world a better place. But, uh, and these, these politicians, believe me, you know, in the, every time the elections come up, this comes up where we're going to make education easier, implying that we're going to let people go to college for free. Well, I'm not sure that's a good plan, frankly. Again, things that are free don't have a lot of perceived value. It's going to lower even further the real value of having a degree if everybody can just waltz in and get one. And um, yeah, that's not the way to, to really put a value on something. And we we better be more concerned about what people are getting with that education, with that degree. There's a brand new center going up right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, sponsored by Nissan. It's a, it's like a $140 million educational center. It's going to be more of a tech school where they're going to be teaching welding and auto and diesel, you know, repair real hands-on 
trades that people can go out here and get real jobs, real marketable skills instead of just these, these soft things, you know, like English lit and political science, you know, that people get degrees in that uh, don't have a real application to marketable skills. Well, let me go on. There, there's a new article in Inc. Magazine that somebody turned me on to just this morning as I'm recording this, and it has a hundred podcasts that will make you smarter, better, and wiser. Now, I'm thrilled to be on that list, but check it out. A hundred podcasts that will make you smarter, better, and wiser. And I was delighted to see on there a whole lot of our friends, people that you know as well, that you hear me talk about, John Lee Dumas, Dave Ramsey, Ken Coleman, Mike Hyatt, Pat Flynn, Jamie Tardy, and, and there's a whole lot of others on there, people that, that I know that you will know as well. But that's a great way to be getting educated, to be increasing your opportunities, listening to podcasts. So when I talk about reading great books, I mean, I would also include in that listening to podcasts. If you want to do that, if you're an audio learner, boy, take advantage of that. It's a great way to do it. Now, if you're in the process, well, I've got some things here that I want to talk about in terms of uh, setting goals. Got a lot of goal setting questions here being the end of the year. Remember, you can go get my 2016 goal setting workbook. Just go to 48days.com slash 2016. It's free. Just go get it. Work through it. It can transform your life if you set goals, if you decide now what you want the new year to be. Don't just take whatever comes your way. Don't just keep doing what you've always done. Decide what it is you're going to do differently. And I got some great questions that I want to unpack as we look at that. Also, if you want to be one of those 1,000 business partners for the 48-day seminar, we've got a whole lot of people that are coming in. I'm thrilled the some of the people that we're hearing from, people that I've known for a long time that I know are competent people, will be competent facilitators. But if you want to be in that group, just go to 48days.com slash acres, A-C-R-E-S. You get a free copy of the old classic book, Acres of Diamonds, but it'll put you in touch with uh, Dr. Terry Hathaway, and he can tell you what we're looking for in people to work with us, be business partners with us. There's a blog posted by Dr. Jason Kabler, and he writes on financial issues. It's nine financial discipline tips that'll make you rich. Really, really well done. Um, lots and lots of good stuff in there. Now, last week I shared a note from Andrew Fluger, who was debating on whether or not to stay in college. Now, this is a young guy who was only 19 years old, but he was in college and he had been able to raise enough scholarship funds so that college was not costing him anything. He was actually going for free, but he was the one that said, gee, he was bored. He wasn't engaged. He feels, he says, I feel as though I'm dying each day at ignoring my calling. Being in class and doing homework has taught me nearly nothing. Well, that's an ongoing story. That, that story continues to unfold. And I'm delighted to hear the ongoing discussions in the 48days.net community about that. So his last thing right now is he's deciding whether or not to continue to go another semester. He said, so it's this, it's this schedule paid for along with my housing and meals versus a five month head start on kicking off my entrepreneurial journey and investing more time into my business and self-education. So that's the situation that he's confronted with. He's got the money. It's not going to cost him. He's not borrowing. He's not getting student loan debt. The money's there. He can go spend another five months and at least have a year of college under his belt in classes that he doesn't, he's not convinced have a lot of value, but he likes the 
college environment, hanging around with other people, brainstorming. So there is some value there. But if you want to contribute to that conversation, just jump on 48days.net and look for that entrepreneur challenge that he's presented there. Great conversations going on. I've already laid out uh, my gentle advice. I said, I think you've done an amazing job of coaching yourself and have clearly identified your best options. All the green lights are pointing in one direction. And I left it at that, but we've had fun communicating back and forth on that. All right, now here's a couple goal questions. This comes from Hunter who says, I'm in the process of making my 2016 goals and I'm having trouble. Last year, I made a goal of doubling my income from 53,000 to 107,000. I have passed that goal and have made 115,000 this year. I'm happy I achieved my goal, but it did require a lot of work, long nights and weekends. My problem is that if I set my income goal at 160,000 for 2016, I'm afraid I will reach it as well. But if I do, my family will suffer because of all the time spent working. I work as a real estate appraiser and get paid per report. Should I set my goal lower? Is it an odd thing to be worried? It is an odd thing to be worried about, but it's bothering me. Thanks. Well, Hunter, I love your question. I love your situation. You more than doubled your income last year. But what you are asking is a very legitimate question. Should you set your goal lower? Well, let's just, let's just talk about this a little bit. I mean, setting goals isn't just about doing and having more. It's about doing what's right for you. And often the most effective part of setting goals is deciding what you're going to stop doing. So don't think that because you're setting goals, it's going to force you just to do more. Now, the other thing is, the other part of this is setting goals is defining what success means to you. And if increasing your income compromises the success you have as a husband and daddy, that's not success. That's something else. That's greed, materialism, or something else. So no, you, you don't want to increase your income goal if you already in advance believe that your family will suffer because of the time that you're going to have to spend working. That's not a good trade-off at all. So at some point, yeah, you have to decide when is enough enough. Now, there may be ways to leverage your income that don't require just more time. You hear me talk a lot about that very thing. I mean, we look for what is it that you can do once and get paid 10,000 times? How could you leverage your unique intellectual expertise? You know, could you do, write a little ebook on how to be a very successful real estate appraiser? or write a little ebook for homeowners on how to know the value of their home, what things to look for, what will increase the appraised value of their home. You know, th- those kind of things you could certainly do where you looked for ways to leverage your intellectual expertise, but you know, you, you've already answered your question. You do not need to increase your income if you believe that it's just going to require more time and the more time away from your family is going to cause your family to suffer. Nope not success in the way that we define it. Great question though. Thanks for sharing. Now this comes from, from Jonathan, who's again talking about his resolutions for 2016. I'm resolving to create an atmosphere of success for the people in my life in 2016. 
I want to set the stage for people I interact with to succeed. However, I'm having a tough time making that a measurable goal. I've talked to my wife and have come up with a few things that'll help her succeed. For my coworkers and friends, it's not so easy to make an atmosphere of success. The best goal I can come up with is to try to identify one thing per person that I can do for their advancement. Any suggestion? Yeah. Again, great question. You want to use the old acronym, and this has certainly been used a lot in John Lee Dumas's new Freedom Journal that uh, we're going to be promoting in January. He uses the SMART acronym, S-M-A-R-T. You want your goals to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. So if you say, I want to be a better dad, I want to be a more thoughtful husband. I mean, those sound great but they're too elusive. They're not specific. They're not measurable. There's no timetable. But if you say to be a better dad, I want to spend 10 minutes each night individually with each of my three children. And then I'm going to spend one Saturday morning a month doing whatever they want to do from eight o'clock to 11 o'clock. All of a sudden we have something very specific, very measurable. I can ask you six months from now, are you a better dad? And we can go right to the criteria that we set for that. And you can say, yes, I am. Or no, I have not made those deposits of success that we identified. Same thing. You know, I want to be a more thoughtful husband or a more encouraging wife. But what does that mean? I mean, you may decide like I did years ago, Friday night is going to be date night. Every Friday night is going to be dedicated to Joanne doing something that's really special just for her. We are getting ready to take our annual trip to Chicago. Uh, Joanne's birthday happens to be on December 22nd. And as a little girl, it was always overshadowed with Christmas. I mean, who's going to celebrate a a birthday three days before Christmas? So I've always made a big deal out of it. She loves the magic of Chicago at Christmas time. Trolleys running up and down all the, all the lights in the windows, Macy's and Nordstrom's, all the big stores and the special shows that are on the music programs, our favorite places to eat. We, we've just made it an annual tradition. But that's specifically for her. That's a big, big emotional deposit for me in being a more thoughtful husband. But it's something very specific, very tangible, very measurable, and has a specific timeline connected to it. So do those things for the, when you say you want to set the stage for people to succeed. And that's great identify. What does that mean? You may gift five people in your office with a book this year that you know has really helped you and you are convinced it will help them as well. You may agree to spend a Saturday morning with somebody. Just encourage them, listen to them about what their goals are and then encouraging them in ways that have been successful for you. So identify what is going to make it specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and have a timeline connected to it. Great questions. Well, hey, just a reminder there real quick. While we're talking about it, these are real questions coming from you, the listeners. Love getting them. If you got a success story or a question, you can just go to 48days.com, click on the Ask Dan link, and you'll see an opportunity there to do so. Or you can just shoot an email to me directly at askdan at 48days.com. Love to put that in the queue for an upcoming show. Christy says, ever since I was a child, I knew I wanted to be an actress. I've read your book in the past and used 
48 days to get some side jobs that were way more interesting than bartending. What is your advice for someone who is using the 48 days formula to get a parallel career or a side job in addition to their dream? Again, great question, Chrissy. If you want to be an actress, so let's say that you are living in Nashville, Tennessee, here I am, and you want to be an actress and you know that you're auditioning and you may get little bit parts, but you're working your way up to build your reputation, your credibility and your resume for positioning yourself as an actress, but you got to keep food on the table, pay rent in the meantime. But a lot of times I've encouraged people to go get a job waiting tables at Macaroni Grill. Macaroni Grill, I mean, you know it. Golly, the, the waiters and waitresses are known for coming around and singing. I mean, if you have a birthday, they may, you may get an operatic version of Happy Birthday. You know, they, they, they may do a little skit. It's amazing the connections that can be made in a place like that. So do something. I mean, it could be delivering pizzas in terms of, depending on where it is that you do it here in the Nashville area, the houses that you would be knocking on doors. I mean, who knows the connections being made? And I'm not talking about just hoping to be lucky or in the right place at the right time, but I'm talking about being engaged in something that provides an income for you while you continue to nurture your long-term dream. Yeah, I'm not a fan of just putting all your eggs in one basket and either sink or swim. You know, there are so many competent actors, actresses, musicians, sculptors, artist here in the Nashville area, you know, who live in cardboard boxes under bridges. I mean, that, that's not really being responsible. I mean, I'm, I'm big on being committed to your dream, but that doesn't make sense. Do something that keeps food on the table, that keeps your basic needs met while you continue to nurture what it is you really want to do. I had a young lady one time who she really knew that God had called her to be a Christian singer. And she was quite good. So she would sing. She would go to a you know, little church on a Sunday night, and she would just be praying that they would give her enough money as a love offering so she could have food to eat on Monday. You know, and she was begging places to stay from her friends, didn't have a car she could depend on. And I said, Debbie, you're a very talented gal. Instead of doing this where you're always in a, a spirit of desperation, and it's very transparent. People sense that when you come into the room, instead of being there, why don't you get a job? You, you have great administrative skills. Why don't you get a job? So you have all your basic needs met. So then you continue pursuing your dream. But what you get in terms of income from that is like unexpected blessing. Well, she did exactly that. Got a great job with the company, got her own apartment, bought her first car. Things were in great shape. Then she could go out with just a spirit of giving and sharing her gift. Her income went up dramatically from her singing because she was no longer dependent on it. But that's, yeah, having a side career, great question, Chrissy. And I, I encourage you to do exactly that. This comes from Alan. He says, I've had you answer several of my questions in your podcast, found your responses to be very helpful. I thought that I would run this one by, you know, this is a little complex here. I'll go through it pretty quickly. Alan says, as I've traveled over the years to many tourist hotspots, Vegas, San Francisco, Seattle, Disneyland, large shopping malls, I've noticed that it can be challenging to find your way around these places. Myself and any, many others struggle with the free maps available that cause a lot of frustration and aimlessly wandering. 
For my work in the Canadian force industry, I use GPS technology on my smartphone that allows me to pinpoint my location anywhere on a preloaded map to within a couple of feet, mark a place or pin drop, and share that information with anyone so they can find that location later. I can also record my GPS tracks so I can retrace my exact steps or share that with others as well. It's occurred to me that it's ridiculous that I can be deep in the wilderness and pinpoint my location to within two feet, but I don't know where the closest restroom or restaurant is in Vegas. I thought someone must have used this technology to create an interactive map of these popular tourist locations. So I searched and searched, tried Google Maps, no luck. Nothing out there is like the vision I have for an interactive, friendly GPS map that you could have on your smartphone and know where you are, what's around you, where others in your group are, etc. So he goes through, you know, how to do that. He says, I'm assured by the tech-savvy people at my work that this is possible. So I emailed all the map software companies that I could find with my idea and got nothing. No reply, not one. This is why I thought I would run this by you, Dan. I'm not sure where to go next. Do I hire an app developer to create it myself? I know this idea would work. I just don't know what to do next. Can you help? Well, Alan, I I think you have to be realistic about what you're up against, the players you're up against in the space that you're describing. I mean, I agree that it would be valuable. I mean, Joanna and I are going to be in Chicago in a couple of days. We'll use our phones exclusively to find restaurants, find areas of interest, find where we are, what distance it is to locations, you know, all those things. We use our phones for all of that. It's readily available. What you're talking about is an upgrade. It's an addition to that. But without the infrastructure of what Google already provides, I don't know how you could really make it work. And also, I think you have the problem of how do you get it up to be scalable enough? I mean, you may have information available for, you described Vegas, San Francisco, Seattle, or Disneyland. Well, what if I'm going to Houston? What if I'm going to Miami? What if I'm going to Columbus, Ohio, or Nashville? I mean, it, it, it would take so much to make it scalable so where it was really an app. You, know, you think about something like Yelp. They had to get up to scale really quickly, so they were getting restaurant reviews and other entertainment reviews and things from a whole lot of people. I mean, that's what you would have to do. So I think it's a pretty monumental startup process to get up to speed. And really with the enhancements that they keep coming up with from Google, I think you really got your work cut out for for you to try to compete with somebody like that who already has the basic infrastructure in place. For them, it's a little tweak. It's a little addition to add it on. They could engage millions of people to give the feedback, provide the information they need, you know, at the drop of a hat. I don't think there's enough uniqueness in that space for you to invest time, energy, and money to try to be a player alongside the people that are already there. Now, you don't hear me say that very often. You know, I, I say, I mean, it, it, I, as, a, as an author, if I want to write a book on finding your passion, getting a job, starting a business, you like, I mean, you know, if I walked into the bookstore book back in 2005, my gosh, I could find 25 books that addressed those topics. So it wasn't like what I was coming up with, something brand new and different. But it did have a unique twist to it. You know, it had the unique space of saying that 70% of the process is looking inward first. Don't be concerned about where the opportunities are. But a lot of the guides out there were too externally oriented and people were frustrated because it wasn't really a fit. 
So as you know, I work a lot on where is the fit. And once you have that, then it's a smaller part of the process to determine what is the application. So that did give me a unique niche. But the other side of that is also writing a new book was a much easier space to enter than what you're talking about. The cost technology and all that was not there. So it's way more easier to enter that space. But in your situation, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty challenging. Todd sent me a note. He says, I heard you mention the last 10 pounds you want to lose. I just published my second Udemy course, Five Steps to Losing 40 Pounds or More for Life. I teach how I lost 40 pounds a few years ago and have kept it off. Well, and he gives me an access code to that. Thank you so much, Todd, for that free access code. I will certainly go check it out. And uh, yeah, I'm sure other people could benefit from your course, Five Steps to Losing 40 Pounds or More for Life. Uh, got Got another one here that relates to my wanting to lose the last 10 pounds. This comes from Nathan. Nathan says, my wife and I had a chance to connect with you a couple years ago at an innovate event at the sanctuary. That was an awesome experience. I heard about the weight loss challenge on the latest podcast Thought I would pass along this suggestion since I know you currently start most mornings on a treadmill and spend a large amount of time in the morning reading, writing, creating, and on coaching calls. Below are a couple screenshot suggestions along with an information guide. This also might be something Dave Ramsey would be interested in his organization, as I know they have a huge focus on being the best place to work in Nashville. In Movement is the name of the company. In Movement. All one word, inmovement.com. Company that focuses on workplace wellness tools, has stand-up desk, treadmill desk, and a variety of accessories to encourage movement throughout the day in an office environment. We recently rolled out in-movement stand-up desk at Boston Whaler Boats and have received rave reviews from employees about feeling healthier and more productive. I personally have a stand-up desk, Nathan says, and put it within your Harry's Razor and Casper Mattress. Highly recommend category. Just thought I would pass this along so you can achieve your weight loss goal without having to buy Aaron Walker the lifetime supply of Harry's Razors. Good luck with the weight loss. Well, I wish I could show you the pictures, but go check it out, inmovement.com. They are some really cool desks that you can attach to your, you know, so you can have your laptop on your treadmill or stand-up desk if you want to do that. Uh, personally, I've I've tried that a couple of times. And in as much as when I'm on the treadmill, yeah, I'm making notes, I'm listening, I'm making notes, but I've never tried to use my laptop. I've never tried to use a keyboard or or do something. I've never tried to really write or create. It's just a time for me to listen, to be absorbing a lot of material. And in doing so, yeah, I take a lot of notes that are helpful, but uh, I'm, I'm not really interested in being on a treadmill while I'm actually working while I'm writing or while I'm coaching even, I'm, I'm sure that it would, it would show in my voice, my intonation. Uh, I don't think that's fair to the people on the other end, frankly. I want to be fully engaged in what I'm talking to them about and concentrating on that, not trying to keep my balance or trying to catch my breath. But thanks for the, thanks for the recommendation. I certainly will check out those desks, Nathan. Okay, Michael says, I'm a graduate from a community college since May of 2015 in automotive and diesel mechanics. I've been searching for a job related to my field, but I can't find a job I want. 
The only jobs I found were such low pay and didn't have opportunities for me to progress. The hope upon graduation is to work somewhere good, like Caterpillar or John Deere. I've applied several times, but I don't get any responses. I started getting into buying old cars and fixing and selling them. I had success at first, but due to unexpected costs and dealing with people being cheap, I got discouraged. I'm sick of working these repetitive, boring construction labor jobs. All I seem to get is low-paying, hard labor jobs. My back hurts, my mind is numb, and I'm completely discouraged in life. I don't have motivation to work anymore. Michael, wow, you, you need to have a good, long, hard talk with somebody that can help you immediately. You know who that is? It's the guy in the mirror. It's the guy you look at in the morning. If you're convinced nobody's hiring, that's going to be true. Remember the old Henry Ford quotation, whether you think you can or think you can't, either way you're right. Because we create our own reality like that. There are, if it's not Caterpillar or John Deere, there are tons of places looking for good automotive and diesel mechanics. I can't imagine you giving up on that. You know, go, if, if you don't have a copy of the new 48 days to the work you love, I want to get you a copy so you can go right through the job search process because we get testimonials every day about people getting four and five job offers, just following that simple process. When you say you started buying old cars and fixing them up, I mean, that's something I've done for years and years and years. I love doing that. I love engaging with people who come and buy those. I love engaging with people when I'm trying to buy something. I love the in, interaction with people around that. I've got one right now that I just took pictures of yesterday. I need to get on Craigslist. So I'll get people out here to look at that and buy it. But if you, you say due to unexpected costs, dealing with people being cheap, I mean, th those are things that you can control. I mean, are people going to want a good deal? Sure. But if you have a great deal, you're going to get somebody that's excited to get that. There's a whole lot of what you describe here that is a mentality. I think it's a mindset that's set in that is going to really work against you. It's going to be very, very self-defeating unless you take responsibility for where you are and the results that you're getting. But I think with a changed mindset, you can, in fact, turn a corner on this. You can become convinced people are hiring. People do need what you have to offer. This is not just some cheap, you know, positive mental attitude uh, encouragement, but it really is a mindset shift where you do believe that you have skills that are valuable. You do believe you can do work that is valuable and that is enjoyable. You do believe if you want to buy and sell cars, there's always a market for that. But you've got to be in the driver's seat in terms of your own motivation, your own mindset, that you see this as a positive, giving caring world and you're the lucky recipient of that well a couple more mike says thanks so much for all you do in assisting others in the search for the work they love i've been searching for a long time and i'm still looking at 50 years old and this is pretty interesting i'm quite envious of those who are working in careers they love and have such strong passion it seems all my life i've had difficulty in finding what i wanted to do you know, I'm going to make this the very last one because it, it just bears kind of unpacking a little bit. 
So Mike continues, it started right out of high school when I had no clue. So I decided to buy some time and join the army and earn money for college at the same time. Once I left the army and started college, I changed my major at least six times and never did graduate. Finally, after making a decent living in a wholesale operation and getting very bored with that, I decided that I would get into something that was exciting, stable, and would offer a pension. So at 34, I decided to become a firefighter. While I do enjoy the camaraderie and the fact that every day is different, I've come to realize that I just don't have the passion for it like most of my fellow firefighters do. I also only have five years left and then I can collect a pension, so I don't want to leave at this point. I will be 55 and want to do something else. I just don't know what. I figure I have five years to figure it out and or get the proper schooling for this next stage of my life. I've read your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. I enjoyed it immensely, but have difficulty in deciding what it is I want to do. Do you have any suggestions, Dan? Sincerely, Joe. Well, you've done a great job of laying out these change points that you've had. And here's the deal. Finding our passion and developing ways that apply that passion in meaningful work is an ongoing process. It's not something we do all at once. I mean, it's not something that if we're lucky, we figure it out at 18 or 25 or 45. I mean, certainly I hope that you get some clarity at those ages. And if you're 16, I hope you get some clarity. A couple of weeks ago when we had the how to raise creative and entrepreneurial kids, you know, we shared the stories of some who are 12, 13, 14 years old who have gotten a lot of clarity and are doing some really cool things. Do I think that's a one-time thing? No, not at all. I mean, things change. We change. You're a different person now than you were when you went to college or when you were in the army or when you were 34 and got into firefighting. And you have more maturity, more developed skills, more knowledge, and the opportunities have changed dramatically. I mean, in even the last five years. So my encouragement to you is to enjoy the process. I mean, it's not too late at 50 and knowing that you're going to be 55. I mean, I, I tell people, especially men, do whatever you want to for the first 50 years. If we can, at that point, sit down, look at how God has gifted you, what skills you've developed, what are those recurring dreams and passions, and from those create a clear focus and a plan of action, you can begin the most fulfilling, productive, and profitable 20 years of your life. And that's the way we see it played out again and again and again. I mean, the people that figure something out at 20 years old and do the same thing for 40 years, that's really rare. Usually it's a process, especially for people who are creative and entrepreneurial. You need to anticipate change. My wife, Joanne, calls me a three-year guy, even today. She knows that every three years, I'm going to get bored. Every three years, I'm going to want new things. Now, I've developed the Venn diagram that I use for my business that I talk about a lot on here, and it has seven different components. That means that I can be pulling things out and putting new things in all the time. So I have a real fluid business model where I can be adding things or pulling things out. But trust me, I'm not looking for it to get stagnant, for it to become one fixed business model that I'm going to do for the next 20 years. I would be bored as soon as I discovered that it was very successful, but very predictable. I would start to sabotage it. 
I love the process of change. I'm doing things now that I could have never anticipated when I was 20 or 25 or 35. Things are different. Opportunities are different today. So enjoy the process of change. Know that there are new opportunities. Know that it's not too late. And yes, you can at 50 figure out, have a lot of fun planning what you're going to do when you're 55 and go into that next season of your life. Now, I do have a book that I want to recommend for you in that space. Written by a couple friends of mine, Hans Finzel and Rick Hicks. I did the foreword for the book. It's titled Launch Your Encore, Finding Adventure and Purpose Later in Life. Just came out in March of this year. Great book that did a great job. Again, the title is Launch Your Encore. Uh, Just go to Amazon, grab it there. Don't think there's an audio version of that, but you can get it on Amazon, a little paperback and help you out in your search for figuring out what it is you want to do. All right. Hey, a lot of things uh, are happening this time of year. I love hearing the stories about successes or the challenges that you guys are having and also hearing about the plans that you've got laid out, how you're deciding in advance what you want 2016 to look like. And if you need a plan to help you do that, just go to 48days.com slash 2016. You can pick up my goal setting workbook there. It'll help you define what does success look like for you? Not just in finances, not just in career, but in those other very, very important areas of life as well. And again, if you want to be one of our 1000 business partners for the 48 days seminar, presenting that around the world, we'd love to talk to you. Just go to 48days.com slash acres. Got some new resources I want to be sharing with you next week. But again, we're going right into Christmas week here. So it'll be a light podcast next week coming out just right really at Christmas time. So we may do just a short holiday version, but I trust that you've had a very fulfilling year that you'll have a, a blessed Christmas and the anticipation of just an amazing, prosperous, thriving, super fulfilling 2016. Hey, we're going to end with a little bit different song today. You'll recognize it. Have yourself a merry friend, little Frank Sinatra. Christmas. Speaking of old friend Frank Sinatra, you know, his, his birthday would have been December 12th. If he had still been around, that would have been his 100th birthday. Frank Sinatra. A lot of those songs live on. Of course, we hear people like Harry Connick Jr. and others who are covering them. Great old songs. We're going to end with this one today. Thanks for being part of this community where we, in fact, are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, profitable, productive, all those things. Don't settle for it. Make the Yuletide game. Make the Yuletide game. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Happy golden days of your